And now it's time for Blossoms of My Life Radio with your host, Ramona Trevino. Ramona is a teacher, a pastor, a three-time author, and radio host since February 2018, helping people share their but God moment and helping people see and be the blossoms in life. This program is a production and sponsored by Blossoms of My Life Radio Ministry and listeners like you. Now here's Ramona. God bless you, audience, and thank you for tuning in to Blossoms of My Life Radio. I am honored to be able to introduce you an author that um, we just started connecting email-wise, and um, I am excited to hear about his book. It's called True Status. I've read a little bit about it, but I know he's got a story to share with you, and um, he is currently living in oh geez chuck i'm sorry i forgot you're yeah you're in louisville kentucky Kentucky. i apologize (laughs) he's married he has adult daughters um he just has so much that i know that you're going to enjoy listening to and so chuck thank you for taking the time out of your evening i'm on the west coast you're on the east coast so i know there's a time difference but i really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today oh really happy to do it ramona thank you for having me on your show oh no problems and so let's start out with who chuck is why don't you give us a little bit of background maybe um you know where you're from and have you always lived in Louisville, um, how you met the Lord, just something about who you are. Well, I am not originally from Louisville. I'm actually from upstate New York, a town called Rome, New York, and uh, that's where I was born. And uh, my parents actually are from Texas, but they moved up there uh, for work. And uh, my father worked up there at General Electric, but I'm, my hometown is Rome, New York. And uh, I uh, actually went to, went to college in uh, Buffalo, New York. And that was, in that time, you know, as a teenager, young adult, I definitely was thinking about Christ and wondering about Christ. I didn't really um, know as much as I thought I should know about Christ and what he did and why he did it. Um, so that I, I was on a journey for some uh, several years, and uh, uh, after I graduated from college, I was still on that journey, and happened to to meet a good friend, uh, my first job, and he was just a super uh, committed Christian, and his zeal helped spark some interest in me, and I began uh, studying the Bible and reading it, and. Uh, uh, just learned, I just learned a whole lot, and part of uh, that involved learning from the Book of Romans, and that's one of the things that actually I, I did to some degree try to at least kind of duplicate in my book. My reader, my uh, protagonist goes through a similar study. His is a lot different, but uh, anyway, subsequently I moved and uh started going to another congregation in another city in Schenectady, New York, and actually, you know, really learned even more about Christ. And I I was baptized, uh, immersed there in Schenectady. uh, I guess it was a Schenectady Church of Christ. And that kind of just set me on this journey of really trying to serve Christ and trying to teach and to uh, share with other people uh, back in the 80s, I, I moved to Louisville, 
Okay. Uh, like in 1883. I don't know if I'm going into too much detail. No, no. Uh, but uh, yeah, I moved it to Louisville, Kentucky. At that time, I worked for GE. And uh, uh, that was 1983. I moved to Kentucky and uh, here for a few years. Ended up getting, meeting my wife here at the congregation here. And we were married in 1987. And uh, so really my whole, uh, I guess as a Christian, I've always tried to be a teacher. Um, even when I was first baptized, I, I started teaching some of the young kids. And that's kind of been, and also in my professional life, I did uh, consulting and training in the quality management field. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, for about 18 years, I, I did consulting, training, conducting seminars and working with companies on their quality management system. So for me, um, education has been, you know, the, you know, my, what I really enjoy doing, I actually have a bachelor's in engineering, mechanical engineering and a master of education. Wow. Um, so, but that was, so I, I feel like, um, I'm a educator mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I recently was hosting an event. And I mentioned that I was a teacher. And a friend of mine says, I didn't know you were a teacher. And I said, no, I'm not. I wasn't a school teacher, but really my entire uh, career and what I try to do professionally, what I've done professionally and what I try to do in the church has re revolved around teaching. That's awesome. I know I see that you served as an elder deacon and, and a teacher in the Church of Christ. And so that's amazing for 35 years. You know, it's I was thinking as you were talking and, you know, there was the 12 that followed and each of them had their quality that he needed. Right. Yes. Each of yep. them had one. And it's really important. Like we need educators. I know I have my master's in education, actually taught and in special ed. And um, but we all have a certain, you know, some of us are in different fields only because, you know, those that are going into the field of medicine. Well, you know, we know that Luke was a physician, right? And in, in, in the things that he was doing and studying, but, but each of them had a different niche that God had already instilled in them, but he knew what he was doing in calling them. Yes. And gives us different gifts. Because and, it's important. And interest. Yeah, it's exactly. important. And and all of us need to have somebody that can teach and that has the patience, right? Because when you're a teacher, you don't just, you know, there's some teachers that aren't able to, um, like, like I, I really appreciate that the Lord had me in special ed because it taught me that everybody's a different kind of a learner. And so Absolutely. I couldn't just teach something blanketly and then wonder why can't they get it? My my mind went to, huh, okay, they learn they're learning a different way. I need to figure out how to teach that way. And so I was very grateful for the Lord to putting me in that path because it helped me in my years of career of teaching. You know, that's really that's another aspect that I'm really I, I have had an interest in because I have been involved in trying to help develop people to be teachers. Yes. And especially in the, in the church. And it is something where we really, as teachers, we really have to pay attention to are our students really getting it. Mm -hmm. uh, how are they learning and what is their learning style? So that's mm -hmm. really interesting. 
I actually did a workshop a couple of years ago. It's not it's something I enjoy doing, um, just to help teachers uh, in the church to learn how to be a little bit better teachers. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's, uh, I, I do enjoy that aspect. Me too. And I love it when I can like, aha, you know, because some people are auditory learners. Some people are visual learners. Some people need you to break things down a little bit more. And, you know, I struggled in school, Chuck. I struggled. It was like I was ditching class at 16. Didn't know the Lord, but dish, uh, why am I going to be there? I was dyslexic. They didn't know it. I can't do it. I'm, I'm not able to do what they're saying. You know, they're telling me I'm not smart. You know, teachers will just say you're not smart. And you would like those words, right? The the power of the tongue. Yeah. and And so... You know, I, I took the proficiency test and I passed it. So I must have had something smart in me. And and then, yeah. you know, my mom and dad are like, well, you can't just stay home. You got to work. So I started working. You know, I was a waitress. And then, you know, years go by and I have my daughters. I'm like, you know, I, I need to get myself back into college. But I was so afraid. I was 33 and wondering just like, I'm always a failure at school. How is this going to work? Well, I, I went to a, a college and then it was like an hour and a half from me. And I had this wonderful teacher, Mr. Pegg, and he taught me the way I needed to embrace what he was teaching me. I was individual to him and I got Mm. straight A's and he said, young lady, I don't care what anybody's told you, but you need to pursue your education. There's more in you. You need to try to get your bachelor degree. And that was like, what? Somebody really believes in me, you know? And so there I went on my journey. You know, next thing I know is somebody's asking me if I want to be a teacher. And I was like, I can't teach. You know, I could barely go to school. And they're like, we can help you. And and it just kind of, every door opened the way it was supposed to. But, you know, um, it, it's just so important. All of us have, I think all of us have a sense of instilling things into other people. We all know how to, some people know how to cook. Some people know how to do, make things with their hands, right? And, yeah. and and the Lord wants us to share those talents, right? They're gifts and talents, whether they're in a spiritual sense or not, they're still a gift and talent, but learning yeah. how to give those to somebody else. I think that's a gift in itself, right? Yeah, absolutely. Learning how to yeah. uh, encourage other people and how to teach. How to teach. You know, one, of, one of the things when you were talking, I was thinking about my wife and I, uh, for a while, we had a tutoring business. Oh, yeah. And we would tutor from, you know, we, we had tutors that we would match to the students. And one of the things that was so sad is that we would, you know, I always think about learning is fun. And learning is fun. It's natural. And we start learning from the time we're born. Mm-hmm. And it, it, would, it would be so sad when we would go and talk to a second or third grader and, and their parents. And that child already had decided that they could not learn. They had already, you know, and, and when you enter school, you enter with a strong desire to learn and a natural just curiosity. And it's just sad that sometimes the people kind of beat that out of the child mm-hmm. and the person, like, like you said, uh, you didn't get the encouragement that you needed that you could learn. And well, that's what we have to do. Right. And and it's too, it's, it's because some people, when they're teaching, they, they only maybe they have a mindset where this is how I teach, but they're not asking God to broaden that right to where, how could I teach this different? Like if I couldn't get to a student 
it, it really boggled my mind. Like I'd start doing research. I'd start doing like asking questions from the family members. Like, how did you teach them to do this? Well, okay. So maybe if we do it this way, you know, because I was determined that this child would learn their numbers and acknowledge and, and be able to count. So we have to figure out a way to make it fun. You know, when I have a second grader right now, I'm working part-time at my little school. And then, um, you know, they, they don't like math and, you know, they're throwing themselves on the table like, oh, I can't do this. I'm like, okay, let's yeah. try to figure out how we can make math fun because that's what my college teacher had to do to me. I like, I could not stand math. But my college teacher taught me games and fun ways so that way you could have fun with math and then, you know, we'll be done with math. And so we would do that and then they're like, that wasn't so bad. I was able to finish my work. I'm like, there you go there. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can actually yeah, do it. Yeah, so I love it. I love that, um, that that was something that you're passionate about too. And, you know, um, it also takes us to a place where I can tell just from the work that you've done in church, where it takes you to a place of having the passion, desire to teach others about Christ. Absolutely. That's the, that's the, the main point. And uh, that's what I was trying to do with my book. And that was a, that was a true learning experience as well. Oh, yeah. Because I had always loved writing and wanted to, 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 to be a writer and actually, uh, like about 30 years ago, I was doing freelance writing for newspapers, but I was doing, uh, I was writing nonfiction. And uh, in fact, my last job before I retired, this, just retired this year, and was doing uh, writing, basically technical writing, curriculum development. And about five years ago, I started writing, trying to write a fiction, which was just something I had really never even thought about doing before. And that's a, that's a completely different type of writing. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. So that was an interesting uh, process there. And so the inspiration for your story, um, you wrote here that your, our salvation in Christ can be traced to the covenant promises of God made to Abraham 4,000 years ago. Tell us a little bit about that, what you learned. Well, uh, several years ago, I taught a class called God is Covenants, and it was examining how um, the co God's covenant with Abraham, with um, the children of Israel through Moses, covenant with David. Um, I basically did research on that whole topic and studied the, those covenants and just because the covenant that we are under in the New Testament is really the fulfillment of, of uh, God's promises to Abraham. And it's just an amazing, wonderful thing to really understand how everything and the things that are written in the Old Testament are fulfilled in the New Testament. And the New Testament often, very often, is, is referring to the promises given in the Old Testament and that Old Covenant, fit uh, back to the Abraham, and uh, it's just an amazing thing that I think maybe I think Christians don't always fully realize and appreciate the value of the Old Testament and how those promises and the promises we have now are really the fulfillment of things that God promised to Abraham so many years ago, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and. This whole uh, 
and it's, it's good for us to really know that the things that Jesus did were predicted and uh, described by various prophets of the Old Testament. And that should just give us greater confidence in what we believe. Yeah, I love it. I, I love the Old Testament. I mean, when you first come to the knowledge of Christ, sometimes, you, you know, you don't understand it because you're still learning. You know, you're, you're kind of untaught in those areas. But once you start really being able to ask God to help you open your eyes to it, um, I've been doing a study on the book of Kings right now, and I'm just like, wow, like I'm listening to what these kings did. And then the next one, yeah. I'm like, oh, my goodness, like I can't put it down because I want to find out what happened to the next one, you know. And I'm just like, wow, you know, and, and it, I'm I'm up to second kings right now with Elijah and Elisha. And, you know, he asked for the double portion. I'm just like super excited about what's like. I can't wait to because when we're done, that's what I'm doing next. And I'm I love it. Yeah. I love the <laughs> Old Testament because I love the stories and I love that they're not just stories, but they're, you know, they're, they're like what you said. They're like what then comes, right? You can find Jesus in all of it. Exactly. You can find the promise of Christ in all of it. I know. And like you said, the drama. Oh, my the goodness. Old the drama. <laughs> it's, it's like, I mean, it's really like a movie. It is. And I, I remember reading you know, I was just reading it years ago on my lunch hour when I when I was really new to it. And it was like, what's going to happen next? This is so crazy. All this stuff that's happening. Um, and yeah, it was it's really and we and see we can see in the Old Testament, you can see more fully the humanity yes. and the flaws of people and that we all really struggle with those things. But you can see it. Uh, you know, I was just finishing up reading Second Chronicles, and I've been going through the similar uh, to where you're reading. I'm just struck by even, you know, there are so many bad kings that Israel had. Yes. But, but even the good kings had, they would be, they would say, we're going to get rid of all these idols, and we're going to do things according to God's law, love Moses, we're going to do this and reduce this, and they have such great success. But then sometimes it happens over and over that even the good kings get proud yeah. or they make a terrible decision and they mess up. Mm. And it's just so interesting to see the humanity of all these real people who went before us and really they tried to serve God mm. um, and they did serve God, but they still had their faults. You know? I love the fact too, is like when they're talking and they, you know, they, they waited to hear from God, like they literally heard the audible voice of God. Yeah. And that's just like, you know, like looking up and like, okay, and then they have to do it, you know, and then God gets mad if they don't do it. Like I told yeah. you to do this and you didn't do it. I mean, yeah, all of it. I, I love it. I love it. And so that makes total sense just to be able to understand that because our salvation um, in Christ can be traced all the way back, you know, and, and yeah. that's, yep, I get that. That's awesome. And so you have here that the book of Romans is what inspired you with this, your book, True Status. So why don't we talk a little bit about that? Okay, that, that'd be great. Um, when I was a young adult, I remember I said I was searching to understand Christianity and what Christ had done. 
And for me, reading the book of Romans, and that's something that I actually mentioned in the book is that uh, I did have a preacher who said, if you really want to understand Christianity and how it all works, like looking under the hood of a car, look at the book of Romans and then you can, it's the most detailed explanation of Christianity in the Bible. So uh, in that aspect of the novel, I was trying to kind of recreate um, what I experienced um, to some degree when I read the book of Romans, because it was in the book of Romans that every, like all my questions about Christianity and what Christ did and how he did it and why he did it just became crystal clear to me. And it was something that I didn't, I didn't, I didn't fully understand. I didn't really, I didn't understand it uh, before that. But for me, you know, the book of Romans just laid it out. It, it really talked, you know, it starts off by saying, everybody, all, all humanity has gone away from me. And they chose, they went to idols. Um, well, they, they, uh, they uh, did something that was, they took a direction that just didn't make any sense to worship created things rather than the creator. Mm -hmm. And it was just like all of humanity rebelled. Now, of course, the Jews, the, the Israelites, they were God's people, but really the all of humanity rebelled. But then it goes on to basically say, well, these are the ungodly people who were worshiping idols. Then in like chapter two, it turns right around and says, even my people, even the Jews, um, they were supposed to know God, were really doing the same things as these, un, these pagans were doing. Mm -hmm. And it basically says chapter three that, Everybody is totally under sin. There's no one who does right. No one understands. Everybody's in big trouble. And it sounds, it's really a terrible, terrible indictment of entire human race. But then it goes on to give us the hope that God gives in Christ. And it, it just explains that whole process. And uh, Romans is just a great book. Uh, mm -hmm. I just feel like everybody, I mean, we need to read the entire Bible. Yep. But this is just a great book where you can get a, a really good understanding of Christianity and why it happened the way it did. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and it, it goes back to Abraham and, and talking about that. Yes. It's just a, there's just so much in there. And what I tried to do in the book was, you know, that's really in the second half of the book, but it's really where he begins to finally start looking um, at what the Bible says, uh, which is something that character had not done. And your character is Billy Yates. Yes. Billy Yates is a 42-year-old man who's a college of black man, because um, I'm black, uh, but it's really not about being black. It's just that's who he is, and he's a college math professor, so he's, he teaches people, but he is not, uh, he believes God exists, but he doesn't trust God. Okay. And he's unhappy with God. He's very angry at God for some of the things that have happened in his family. Um, but a couple things happen, like he's, um, he goes through some surgery, and he is confronted by an angel who says to him to examine his own life rather than accuse God of not doing what he should do. And then also Billy is, he 
discovers a message on his own body. Um, and that those two things set him off on this journey to try to understand uh, what's happening. And it's, it's pretty terrifying for him at times. Wow, that sounds exciting. And there's probably, probably a sequel, because a lot of times when you write like this, and it's like, oh, yeah, what's going to happen to Billy Yates next? You know, your reader's <laughs> going to want to know. A couple of people have asked about the sequel, and right now there isn't one. I'm actually working on a different book. Okay. Um, but right now, uh, maybe sometime in the future, but right now, it's going to have to stick with Billy's story and true status. There so. you go. And you, at least you're working on something else, because once you write and publish, you know, it, it's, it just excites you that, okay, I can do something else. And so I'm glad that the Lord has something else that you're working on, because that's important. Yeah. You know, people love to read and um, our works, you know, inspire others. And when they can lead someone to the Lord, that's, that's a bonus, you know, that God's anointed the book, right, when that can happen. Um, so just for those that are out there listening, Chuck, you know, the whole publication part, it's, it's a, it's a task in itself. Cause I remember when I published my first book, 2015, it was just like, so excited that I finally found someone to take it. Cause like you said, in your, what you sent me, like you get a lot of no's, no's, no's and the, the harsh critiques and you're just like, oh, but I don't get it. Some people like it. Some people don't. And then, you know, finally I had someone say yes, and, you yeah. know, the book gets published, I get to hold it. I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm a published author. And then within eight months, I started to notice something was wrong. They weren't answering my calls, something's good. Well, they end up getting arrested for embezzlement. And Your publisher? Yes. <laughs> and so thousands from across, the out of the borders were, let go like all of a sudden what's going to happen they did get convicted and i get like a small check of probably 60 dollars that i'm going to get for the next 20 years once a year so it's like okay but, you know and so a lot of them i felt so bad with, with a lot of them they have a facebook group you know they, they just feel so devastated now what do i do and i'm like well you just keep on writing there's got to be yeah. something else and so i told the lord like I'm not going to stop. Like you didn't have me put the story out and you know, and then now it's not going to go anywhere. And so he, sh my books are self-published and I've just gone that route right now. I've had a couple of publishers reach out to me. I'm just leery, you know, because a lot of them charge yeah. so much, but the process, Chuck, it's not easy. And any, anybody that knows you know, you have something, you have a manuscript and you want to get help. What kind of um, help can you offer them as far as steps that they should do? Okay. Uh, it, as you said, it is a, a long and difficult process. And number one of the things I would say, I mean, what for me, it took me five years to write this novel. Uh, and part of that was because for three years, I didn't really know how to write a novel. Yep. So, and it's and I had done a lot of like I had mentioned I've done uh, newspaper writing I've done technical writing, and really my interest had always been more in the nonfiction realm. So one of the first things I would say if you're going to write fiction, uh, you really need to read fiction in that genre, mm -hmm. and you need to uh, need to learn a lot about how to write friction and what's 
uh, typical book structure for a novel structure. Mm-hmm. And what are people really uh, used to just from the his, history of storytelling? Yeah. But I found out that there was so much, after three years of working on the book, I found out there was so much I did not know. And, you know, it, 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 was, a, it was a sad thing, but I'm glad that I've learned it. Uh, because I found that I do enjoy learning about writing and I love learning about fiction. It's a very interesting and, you know, very interesting and complex process. But Mm -hmm. first thing I would say is learn to study uh, books in the genre that you're going to write in. Mm -hmm. And, and for fiction, there's just so much to learn. I'm, I'm, I'm learning still, I'm, I'm learning continually now, probably will for the rest of my life. Um, so and then I think you got to have the balance between um, taking advice because you really do have to take advice yes. uh, from people who uh, have certain expertise. And you also have to be able to hold to your own vision. Yes. So it's kind of like a balancing it because people who write a manuscript but don't want to listen to anybody are probably not going to get many people to read their book. Yes. Um, so you've got to have that, uh, acceptance that people can help you get better. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I definitely know, because like, for me, like I had told you, I was, I was a teacher. So I approached my writing of my novel, almost like I was teaching a lesson yep. and that does not work. <laughs> uh, people, people don't pick up a novel to, to be taught a lesson. Yeah. They want it. They want a good story. Mm-hmm. So I, I ended up throwing out like 40% of my book and rewriting and expanding and, and adding to it. And I think it's a really good story now, mm-hmm. but it wasn't when I first started, you know, pitching it to uh, agents and publishers. And then you also attended Christian Writers Conference. I did too. And that helped me tremendously. I went to one weekend seminar and it just it took me to another level. Mm-hmm. Said that. It, was re- it was really good. Go, yeah. go ahead. I was just going to say that that those are really beneficial because you get to hear other authors, you get to find other authors that are in your same place, maybe at the next level, maybe they're just starting, but you all come together with one thing in mind and you want to glorify God with this gift that you just feel like I have a story I want to share, whether it's your testimony of what really happened in your life or it's a fictional story like what you're saying and and so you're trying like you know how do i share god in this way that i just feel like i have all these journals and notes and things you know and so christian writers conferences are a really good tool huge it's i couldn't agree with you more i've only been to actually been to one and it was actually I also just one, <laughs> and I'm hoping to go to another. I've registered to go to another one in October. This will be in person. Oh, good! It's the same one I went to last year, and it was just something that my a coworker of mine knew about it. She told me about it, and I checked it out. And you know, my friend wasn't even sure it was legitimate or what it was, and it was actually a really good conference. And in fact, at that conference, I met the editor-in-chief of the company that would would eventually publish my book right and Uh, you're with elk lake publishing correct elk lake yes they seem amazing uh, because i know i've i've um emailed them and said hey share whatever you know i'll i'll give your authors because sometimes you know when you're a new author you can't get a platform very easily you know you have to go through a lot of hoopla's 
or have yeah. a have a number one bestseller already, right? But not on Blossoms of My Life. We love to hear your stories. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, so, just start, I'm just starting out, so yeah. definitely appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. Well, I, this is really exciting. I'm really excited about your book. And, you know, those that are listening, um, True Status, what's the meaning behind that name? Why did you pick that title? That is a good good question. It's really, you know, I've, I had heard that people have said that the most important thing about a person is what they believe about God. But really, true status comes from the idea that an even more important question is, what does God think about you? And and how do you, how does he see you? And how, does he see you as an enemy? Because in Romans, it teaches us that we can actually be enemies of God. So the, the title, True Status, really has to do with that, with how, how does God see us? What is our status with God, really? I love it. And I think that's really important for the Christian today, or maybe for someone that doesn't even know, like this is my first time hearing that I could meet God in a personal way, you know? Um, yeah. What does he think about you? You know, he knows your heart. Chuck and I are talking about him. And sometimes people look at the outside and judge someone. And um, But he knows your heart. And so when he sees your heart, what is he going to think of that heart? Is your heart yeah. towards God? Is your heart towards, you know, do you have envy stored in there? Do you have hurt? Do you have, you know things that are that because of trauma maybe and, and and you want to rid yourself of those that's where you know asking the lord to be your lord and savior comes in and kind of cleans out that like he he just dumps it away he takes it out of that and he says okay for this moment right now when you accept me as your personal lord and savior and i'm going to forgive your sins from the east to the west your heart is clean right now and then you have that moment. It's just like such a holy moment where really like right now I'm right with God. You know, and the, and the thing is the belief, the understanding that no matter what we have done, yes. if we're coming to God in repentance and we want to accept his will, what he has for us mm -hmm. so the bible teaches that he will forgive yes. but the problem that we i think often have in society is that people think that if i have to change if god's telling me to change or if any person is telling me to change then it's like you're attacking who i am as a person mm -hmm. and that's where i that's where i think there's a breakdown because God is willing to forgive us of whatever we have done. I mean, mm -hmm. Apostle Paul was a murderer. But the, the problem we have is with the, that we have to be willing to admit we were wrong yes. and, that God, and that God is right. Yep. And that is the struggle is that people almost seem, seems like people will say, you know, I can't, I can't be wrong because this, my, my way of living feels so right. Yeah. But God is really telling us, you know, accept my ways, accept, I mean, we all, and we all have to do it. Yeah. We all have to repent of what we thought was good. Yeah. 
And that's the thing that it's one of the things I was trying to convey in the book is that, that if we're going to come to God, we really, we have to do it on his terms. We can't tell God, this is how I want to live. I'm going to do everything my way, but I want you to accept me. God says, I will accept you. I will forgive any sin, but you have to repent, you know, and you have to come to me and learn my ways. And I think that's a struggle oftentimes where people don't understand. It's not saying that somebody's better than somebody else. It's saying that God's standards and God's ways are not what we're, (laughs) that's not what we will do naturally. No, and, and I love that he forgives us because my journey, you know, I didn't just miraculously, you know, my life all of a sudden, you know, I stopped cursing, stopped smoking, stopped drinking, stopped doing what I did. I didn't all of a sudden from one moment do that. I just oh, no. knew all of a sudden I knew that I had someone that loved me enough that he would take me in my broken state and that he would lift me up and no matter what other people said about me he would take that journey with me and little by little as i studied and learned and read and fall you know more in love with what he did for me and who he was and why he pursued me for so long like there was no reason i should still be alive there were so many incidences that he flashed before my mind saying you know i was there when that happened do you remember this i was there when that happened it just blew me away and little by little the transformation happens it wasn't you know people telling me well you can't drink anymore well you can't do that anymore i didn't have that it was his love and me wanting to just please him like like what you said at the beginning what does he see when he sees my heart yeah and it's really like what you just described was the process of sanctification yes that doesn't happen overnight nope it's It's a a, process it's a process and it's it's god working in us and i love it to make us more like christ and like we're all we all fall short of christ yeah but God is he's when he when he has saved us, then he can work in us. Yeah. And we already have the security of being saved, but let's go ahead and try to be like God. Yeah. And I love that I'm just uniquely made. Like he knows all my quirks, you know, he knows yeah. so much about me intimately that, you know, I I just love that. And and so it just helps us, you know, to be able to love people where they are. You know, sometimes like, you know, my students, we did a project and talking about the homeless people, if they were, you know, had a certain tax in our community that they would want monies to go to that. And I, I said, you know, what do you think when you drive down the street and you see somebody? I said, do you think God made them like that? And they kind of looked at me and I said, you know, that's somebody's mother, somebody's father, somebody's son, somebody's daughter, somebody's grandchild. They they were made and created just like you were but but life helped happened and they were overwhelmed by the circumstances they're not there because that's how god created them and so you need to have compassion and you need to look at them like that like with compassion with love with understanding because that's not you know they, they know that but but god sees their heart no matter what you might see their circumstance God Mm -hmm. sees their heart and sometimes their heart is more righteous than somebody else that you see working behind the counter somewhere all nicely dressed. 
Yeah. So you have to stop and think about that. And so it gave him something to really think about. I was glad that was a good lesson. But, oh, okay, Chuck. So we're at that place. And, and thank you. I've just loved my conversation with you. It's such a good conversation. And um, <laughs> audience, you know, I just, I hope that you look Chuck up. Um, Chuck Richardson. You can find him on his website. It's uh, Chuck Richardson Stories dot com and he's got a blog and his book is there you're on amazon right your yeah, book is available amazon. yep and what was you, that? i said your book is available on amazon yes it is yep and uh chuck is on facebook just chuck richardson stories on instagram chuck richardson writer on linkedin chuck richardson um and like i said his website but i know that he would love to hear from you so maybe you have a question about writing maybe you have a question about what we shared about the book of romans you know i'm sure he went in depth with that but he would probably love to answer your questions if you wanted to send him a facebook message or a message through one of these other social media links but chuck i would love it do you have any last minute words you'd love to share with the audience well, I would just like to encourage everyone to really take the heart that God is calling us. He's calling all of us to come to his son. And I just like to encourage everyone to do that, whether you're uh, already a believer, just know that God is drawing us all in closer or someone who's not really committed to, to Christ yet to know that God is really appealing to us and trying to draw us in so we can all be saved. Yes. So I just want to encourage your readers. I would love to hear from your readers, I mean, your listeners. Mm -hmm. um, and if they want to talk or have a question, uh, I would love that. Love to have the content. I just want to encourage people to know that no matter what we have done wrong in our lives, you know, God is ready to forgive us. If we're really, if we're ready to come to him, believe in him and trust him and do things his ways and, and learn his ways, not that we're going to be perfect. But we're going to be, we want to be disciples. Really, that's what we need to be is mm -hmm. disciples for, that's really learning, learn followers, people who are learning and following Christ. And uh, that's, that's really available to anyone who's willing to repent of their sins and come to Christ. Amen. That's a powerful message in itself. I would love it if you would pray for us and in closing and just whatever the Lord puts on your heart. We have a couple minutes. But whatever the Lord puts on your heart to pray, I would love it if you close this out in prayer. Okay. I'd be happy to, Ramona. Thank you. Let us pray. Thank you, Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this conversation that Ramona and I have had. We thank you for her listeners, uh, people out uh, that are uh, her fans. Father, we pray that you would bless them and bless all of us to uh really want to know more about Jesus. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for the hope that you give. Please bless the, the listeners. Uh, help them to want to look into your word and to really obey it uh, and follow after Christ. And we just ask for your blessing upon all of us who are listening. And uh, we just thank you for your love and all that you've done for us. Uh, we pray in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen and amen. And as you were praying, and I don't know who, but I, the Lord is just showing me um, glasses and eyes. So I'm just going to be obedient to the spirit right now. And um, Chuck, if you could just join me and we just pray right now in the name of Jesus. If there's someone listening today that needs a healing for their eyes, uh, maybe they, uh, maybe their eyes need to be corrected. The glasses aren't working, whatever it may be, the Lord knows who you are, but I just want to be obedient to the spirit. So we just join together, Chuck and I, and we just pray healing. We speak healing over your eyes in Jesus name. And if you're praying for someone, we join you in that prayer. So thank you, Chuck, so much for joining us today. God bless you, audience, until next week. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Ramona. Thank you for listening to this edition of Blossoms of My Life Radio. This program is listener-supported. Blossoms of My Life Radio is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. To contact Ramona regarding donations, sharing your God story, or requests about her books, you can write to Ramona... Ramona Trevino, P.O. Box 22731, Bakersfield, California, 93390. That's P.O. Box 22731, Bakersfield, California, 93390. Her website is the letter I, the letter M, dauntless.org. That's I am dauntless.org. Her email is Ramona at blossomsofmylife.org. That's Ramona at blossomsofmylife.org. This program is a production and sponsored by Blossoms of My Life Radio Ministry and through listeners like you. And in closing, we just want to remind you to remember to see and be a blossom in someone's life.